Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I will say this to the point you just made, like if the Ravens do win the Super Bowl, you're going to hear a lot of people uh, give credit to the new offensive system that the Ravens used this year and calling for Lamar to run the ball a little bit less. I mean, you will still see him run it, but it is often the the former style of running the ad lib. Um, hey, this is there, so I'm going to take it, as opposed to uh, building your actual play calling around it. Right, and I, I think that this year he's also developed into so much more of a thrower that you can kind of you know, gear your offense that way because he's more accurate. He's been much better throwing the football. 24 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. His interception percentage is as low as it's been since his second year when he won the MVP. So he's been a lot more efficient throwing it, and he's picked his spots when running it a lot better, too. Completion percentage highest of his career as well. Yep. Completion percentage highest of his career and yardage total highest of his career. Yeah, by a long shot. Yeah, well, part of that was health. You know, last year he only played 12 games. The year before that he only played 12 games. Um, And then even in 20 and 19, he played 15 instead of 16. The only other time that Lamar Jackson has played 16 games in his career was his rookie year. Um, 2018, uh, his first year yeah. as a starter. Well, only, only seven starts that year. Uh, well, right. He played in 16 yeah. games because they used him as a, right. I mean, he only had six touchdown passes, only yeah. had 170 attempts. So this was, this was a career high, basically in every statistical category, as far as being a thrower. And I think that'll be a huge story if the Ravens end up winning in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. I think that he's become a throwing quarterback who runs as opposed to a running quarterback who occasionally throws. And, you know, the numbers meet that out a little bit. 148 carries. If we go back to the MVP year, he rushed it 28 more times in one fewer game. So he was rushing it a lot more often. Only nine carries a game this year as opposed to previous years where it was 11 or 12. Not a huge drop, but I do think that he's looking to throw now a lot more than he used to. And I wonder if Justin Fields continues his evolution in this direction because Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, in many ways, I think their careers mirror each other, where Justin Fields is hes incredible as a runner, and he can make plays with his arm, but I think his primary instinct when things break down is to run, and Lamar has now changed that. If you go back to that Niner Ravens game, I think so many of us have tried to erase it from our memory or who knows, maybe there was eggnog. I I don't know what was going on for people, but if you go back to it and actually look at what happened, you might be surprised. As you just pointed out, he only carried the ball seven times. If you go back to what actually beat the 49ers, uh, beyond the obvious of all of the Brock Purdy interceptions, but Lamar's short passing game was really on point. He was really good on third down. They only sacked him twice. One of them was in the end zone for that safety, and that was aided by the ref. But, I mean, he had more passing attempts than Brock Purdy. I know Brock got pulled, but... 35 pass attempts. He completed 23 of them, 252. It was not a stunning game. It was just a really consistent game. 
It was a smart game by Lamar Jackson. And you do that when you're getting a lot of turnovers. That certainly flipped it in their favor. But I guess this, you know, maybe we're starting to do, you know, a show that needs to be done two weeks from right, now right. If, if these two teams play again. But I don't think the Niner defense, I don't think it's ill equipped to handle the Jalen Hurts's and the Lamar Jacksons of the world. I think that they did exactly what you you need them to do. They just kept giving the Ravens too short of a field. Yeah, in some ways. I'm looking at the drives right now. Baltimore started on their own 25, marched down field goal. They started at their own 47, touchdown. They started the Niners 20 and right. got a field goal. Started at their own 25, got a field goal. Started at the Niner 44, got a touchdown. Started the Niner 9, and somehow they were able to get a touchdown off yeah, of that, that drive. One. So that one. I do remember that drive. Yeah. But you see the other two touchdowns, they started at midfield. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. I, I, just, I thought the Niners did a good job this year against mobile quarterbacks. But flashing it back to this week, this is a – it's only a potential. It's a potential advantage. And for me, where a lot of this game is going to lie, I think the Niners should be able to move the ball on Detroit. So – uh, they should be able to put up some points. Detroit will too, though, if they win the trenches the same way the Packers' offensive line won the trenches. But the beauty of Jared Goff is, as the caller points out, you know exactly where he's going to be. He's going to be right there, right. standing right behind where he snapped the ball. And uh, and if Bosa and uh, and Young and Armstead and Hargrave can have a better game than they did last week, they can totally wreck this one. And I think that they have a better chance to do so. And the left guard, Jonah Jackson, underwent meniscus surgery. He's going to be out for Sunday's game. So you get the backup in there. And I think this becomes a Hargrave and Armstead game. We had Eric Armstead on the show yesterday. And I he, noticed he was, that. Yeah, he was great. Good interview. Such a <laughs> solid guy. And, you know, not... Not huge with the long answers, pretty matter-of-fact, business-like, but I couldn't help but think about his impact on this game, not only in stopping the run, and we asked him about that, and you know, he talked about how they got, they got beat to the edge a lot and they all need to be better and all the rest of it, but I think about the pass rush, and they had no sacks against Jordan Love, and the Lions come in with a backup guard, and so I think about... What you were saying, Jared Goff is not going to be rolling right and rolling left a ton. You're going to be able to find him in the pocket. So if you can attack him through the middle, through the A-gap, as we like to say, Mark, if you can compress the pocket from the interior and make Goff uncomfortable, make him retreat, that gives Young and Gregory and Bosa a chance to get around the outside and maybe deliver the sack. Well, here is something that Armstead said to you guys yesterday, and it's not on the subject of stopping the run. It's about everybody's favorite subject, which is that controversial jerk that has everybody talking, mm. uh, Brock Purdy. So uh, Eric came on with you two yesterday and wanted to make sure that he said this. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's, it's kind of weird to me, the, the hate that he gets. Um, I don't really understand where it comes from. You know, being around him, another type of player and the person that he is, and you know, he's he's everything that we need uh, him to be. And you know, we we wouldn't be able to do anything without him. And a lot of the success and and uh, where we are as a team is because of him. And you know, we we love having him as our quarterback. So funny, right? That like y'all just see the yo-yo game that's being played. I I, I wonder this week. It started, and that was before the games. It started with Amy Trask. She tossed a screen pass to Ryan Clark. <laughs> he caught it. He ran for 15 yards. Then Chris Broussard and Nick Wright got into their slap match. And then here we go. You know, you can't play with my yo-yo. We're going to go back in the other direction. And Eric is a teammate, that's one thing. But Debo, I'm sure you saw, came after Ryan Clark on social media. Um, and then two days ago, Pat McAfee went on an impassioned rant about not understanding where this comes from. And so I, I guess my surprise is just that all year long, We've all talked about this so much, and we still haven't found a middle ground that's comfortable for people. 
Um, it seems like both sides think the other one maybe is trying to say things that they're not. You know what I mean? Like, him being an MVP candidate does not mean, oh, I'd take him over Mahomes. That's absurd. That, that, that's, nobody's saying that. But, but it has led to these statements that I don't even want to say they border on it, Dibs. They flat out are, like, incredibly disrespectful for a second-year player who's in his second NFC Championship game. Yeah, I don't like, even, yeah, I don't even dwell on the second-year player part of it because anybody who's in this spot, what are we doing? And I'm with you. You look at the year he's had, his record as a starter, his record in the playoffs, and where he has his team again for the second straight year, how can you cast aspersions on that in any way, shape, or form? As a playoff quarterback, he's already accomplished more than... Almost every quarterback that he is going to go up against in the entire league. He's done more than Herbert. He's done more than Josh Allen. He's done more than Dak Prescott. He's done more than Kirk Cousins. You put names like, you know, like Jared Goff. He's been to a Super Bowl. And Brock Purdy has not. Matthew Stafford has won a Super Bowl. Mahomes has won a couple of those things. So you look at all the other quarterbacks around the league, and he's already accomplished more. Forget the draftism, and Peter King actually uh, gave another nod to the term draftism when he came on with uh, FP and myself earlier in the Thanks, week. Pete. Which, yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to love that when you heard it. But uh, Peter actually came on. You, I mean, Peter was showering FP with praise, which was pretty fun. We'll have to That's play the cut for you. Yeah. Right. But uh, talk about <laughs> FP's baseball career. That really is an incredible story. And yeah, well, I'll tell you the story on the other side. But I don't, I don't think that you can look at what Brock Purdy has done just accomplishments how can you look at what he's done and cast any aspersions at all about his performance well maybe our response to ryan clark when he came out earlier this week and he's like the hardest thing i had to do was act like brock purdy was xyz no you didn't like why why isn't that just the quick rule you didn't have to do anything nobody forced you nobody held a gun to your head and say say nice things about brock purdy right now um, but if you're going out of your way right now, which I do feel Ryan and Amy Trask and others throughout the year at times have, if you're going out of your way to do it, um, it'd, be, it'd be a good time to sit down and ask yourself why as he goes to his second NFC championship game and we've known him for 15 months. Right. And, like we've yeah. known him for 15 months. It's incredible. And very few um, quarterbacks have done what he's done, and yet people still want to uh, you know, cast aspersions. Um, I wonder what this quarterback will have to say about it. Sean Salisbury is going to join us next. Then we get back to your phone calls at 888-957-9570. This is Willard and Dibs. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. What's that? What's that? What's what? 
Oh, what's good? What happened? I didn't catch the whole thing you said. I just said Sean Salisbury is one of our favorites, and he'll be buying a sec. Oh, I didn't hear that. I just heard. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. All right. We, <laughs> yeah, that's my yeah. fault on my end. Yeah, okay. 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 All right. Yeah, hey, look. We got know. Sean, by the way. Well, good. Good. I, I should say it again. You should. For for him. For the people in the back. Because it's a compliment. Yeah. On the Boxer and Gerson guest line, one of our absolute favorites. And we haven't been able to talk to him in a while. So I'm super pumped about this. It's Sean Salisbury, everybody. Hey, bud. Gentlemen, good to talk with you. And you guys are my favorite, too. You know my affinity, not only for the station, but you guys and all the great talent and people there and production guys. So it's great to be on with you. Been too long. Thanks for having me. And I guess I could say Happy New Year since we haven't talked in the New Year. So good to be with you. Boy, Sean, I would love it if you would say Happy New Year, actually. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is you just hit oh, my partner's pet peeve here. Sean. He's got like a January 8th cutoff, and you're like not allowed to say him. that anymore. I am I am with him. Normally, it's like, dude, it's the 15th. Why are we still saying it? But being the fact that I, I only we, we talked a couple times early in the fall, and I know football yep. and business gets away with us. It's just my way. It was kind of a... Uh, a a little bit of a, a dig because I'm the same way. It's like, dude, yeah. it's February 24th. You yeah. don't need to tell me that anymore. But <laughs> I mean, happy New Year anyway. So Sean, good to be with you guys. I'm going to ask you politely <laughs> to knock it off. Because, unless you want to wish me a happy Thanksgiving and a happy Hanukkah and a Merry Christmas because you missed all those too, pal. Well, hey, uh, how was your Halloween and how was your Fourth of July? <laughs> and you forgot Labor Day. I, yes, Happy Labor Day. Yeah, thank you, Sean. I, I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to give you a pass because you're one of my favorites. But consider yourself. Good. Oh my gosh, that that could not have started any better. <laughs> uh, Sean Salisbury with us right here on Willard and Dibs 95.7 The Game. All right, Sean. Uh, the Lions have a uh, a porous pass defense. The weather's going to be good. This is supposed to be the Brock Purdy game, right? I would think so. You guys know my affinity for him. You know how many guys I have to fight with and rip to shreds on the national level this past, <laughs> not only the season, but this past week listening to some of these guys, how you, you'd think Brock Purdy was a hack. Well, one thing I do know, that in the first two years of their career, Goff, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes, now Mahomes in year two, but remember he only started one game in year one. He's the best of the four. So let me just start with that. I, yeah, Brock Purdy, and, you know, from last week, he able to survive. And it, you know what the narrative? Think about this now. What if Brock Purdy would have thrown the ball Jordan Love through? How would the national media be talking about that last yeah. the last interception? They'd be killing him. Didn't Brock Purdy take him down to win the game at the end when it mattered, when the game was out of line? We'll be praising guys. I see more guys get credit in the loss who are really good players and than a guy does with a win. But all I have to do is listen to the teammates of Brock Purdy, study him on tape to know the guy's a, a great player. Yeah, he's not as talented, but you know, neither was Drew Brees as, as some of the other guys, Josh Allen. Uh, not as talented as Josh Allen. So was, you know, uh, Peyton Manning wasn't exactly the most athletic, but, man, he sure made the simple play all the time, all these things. I don't need to defend Brock Purdy, but I almost feel like I do because I am flabbergasted at the empty analysis and the, quite frankly, lack of preparation that I hear from some of these national guys that are getting paid seven figures to come on and spew diarrhea about a quarterback who's done nothing other than a few losses and bad games that everybody has. Who doesn't? play great, but not good, great football. And if he doesn't finish second in the MVP award, then we got it wrong. But that being said, now that I got that out, yes, weather should be good. You know, not inclement, not, not, I wouldn't imagine huge wind, no rain. And they, you can throw the ball on them. The concern for me is, if you're the 49ers, they got a really, really good run defense. And you guys got a really, really good run game in San Francisco. If something does go sideways, and it gets into a game where it got to the point where both teams had one dimension. Can Brock, if it came into that, do we trust that he's going to do I do. Some may not. And I don't think it'll be a one-dimensional game. I don't think Kyle would let that happen, even if they were playing really good run defense. So, yeah, 49 should be favored, but seven points is a lot if you're a gambler to me because I think Detroit's a really good team. But 
I would fully expect Brock Purdy to be at his best this weekend. If you think about a game that gets into a bit of an aerial shootout, does that give a Lion, the Lions team an advantage not only based on maybe the quarterback head-to-head, but also just the personnel in general and their ability to go to three wides more than the Niners? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And they've got, listen, man, we, we guys know, we know that Ramon Ross, St. Brown, and Laporta have been really damn good, right, for them. And while, while if you're just talking about raw talent, throw it, Goff can rip it, but when I hear people say, and I've said it to myself, guys, I've tried, I've battled and looked and argued with myself over if this happens, what about this? If they are one-dimensional, let's just say it does come into a passing fancy. Well, I look at the numbers and balls thrown down the field, yards per attempt, accuracy, protecting the football for the most part. I'm trying to figure out why I would, and I have, I listen, golf's, the ability not to wilt when they ran him out of Los Angeles. He goes to Detroit, and now and it worked out for both teams. They go win their Super Bowl with the Rams, and now Goff's got this. He may not be showing it, but there's this burning desire that everybody has when somebody quits on you. And that's exactly what the Rams did, not it worked for the Rams to go back and say, wait a second, I'm going to prove to you. And Brock's got that going on every week. Because if Brock was the third pick of the draft, not the last pick of the draft, the narrative on him would be completely different. But we're looking for reasons to, oh, yeah, that's why he's not any good, but I, I don't see him. Now, we're not in a superstars competition, and we're not trying to see how far a guy can throw it. So I'm sitting here saying, okay, if it is one-dimensional, well, yeah, the, because of formations and personnel, do you favor the Lions? Maybe. But what about the numbers? And I know the, just having McCaffrey in the backfield is a threat that the defense has to deal with, but I, there's nothing that tells me that Purdy still can't get into a throwing contest and win a football game. I think the whole key to the game, we know that you got to not turn it over and get red zone touchdowns. The Debo Samuel situation to me is a, even if he doesn't touch it, you have to be on the field to defend it and understand the formations. I'm curious, and I don't know where it's at right now as we sit on Thursday. You guys probably have a better idea. But the Debo Samuel stuff and deploying him if he's playing or if he's not, has a lot to do with it because the threat of the run still gives you windows to throw in. I'm not convinced that the, the Lions, as the quarterback goes, other positions, but as quarterback goes, I'm not convinced that Jared Goff has a major advantage over Brock Purdy in a throw-in shootout, either, even though we know neither team wants to do that. Maybe the Lions would like it a little more, but you're still asking two really good players to do their thing, and both are capable of winning this game and being the reason you win. Golf was great last week as well. Sean Salisbury with us here on Willard and Dibs, 95-7 the game, getting ready for the NFC title game. Let's dive into that a little bit more. Uh, the Debo Samuel effect. How, how do you see that affecting what Kyle Shanahan does this weekend? A lot. Where's he at percentage-wise, guys? When, when I know the decision. If I'm San Francisco, it, I hold out as long as I can to make the decision just even – while Detroit's game planning. Where are we at right now locally? It feels like it's starting to trend a little bit in, a, in the positive direction. But, it, you know, what started at 50-50, Kyle's words yesterday was he came in and he felt a little better, so I feel a little bit better. It's, it's a right. pain thing, it's, and that's, that's going right. to be the deal. Yeah, the threshold of pain. And I, I'm saying, even if you did know, <laughs> I, I'm, into the, I'm into the psychological part of it. I'm letting people know, hell yeah, he's going to play. Hell yeah, why? Or not, not that he's, I mean, you wouldn't say that, but, well, we're hoping it feels good. He's, he feels better today because I want Detroit to have to have that in their head because I've said this to you guys. We've talked about this before, and I think, you, you know, over the years of me doing this in San Francisco, but even with you guys and even early in the year when I, I, I felt San Francisco was going to the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy's validated that as well as this team has and so many good players is – that in the AFC, the toughest team to put, I'm sitting in my office in a game plan, the toughest team to game plan for in the AFC, I didn't say defend all the time, but to put in a game plan for is the Baltimore Ravens. Inside run game, power, outside, pull the ball, the guys as good in space, Lamar, as anybody on the planet, play action game because of what they got to do to get nosy. They don't want to get run on, and they're the best running team in the AFC. And then Lamar has taken his throwing game because of Todd Munkin and the rest to another level. They're the most difficult to prepare a game plan for. In the NFC, it's San Francisco. And the reasons are 
multiple. We already know. I don't need to. Everybody knows Kyle's reputation of formations. We saw it here with Bobby Slowick and C.J. Stroud trying to become that when we can get a run game here. But you've got to defend so much bandwidth with Debo in the game that it's like, damn, him and George Kittle, who put 1,000-plus yards. And then IU, and we know what, what uh, you know, Christian brings and the offensive line. So all the different elements, even if you don't use Debo Samuel, like let's say he touches it nine times, going into a game, you've got to prepare because those nine times are like, damn, they could be the difference in a game. But it, he changes motion and he changes the way you deploy your defense. So when you're game planning for them, Debo Samuel's at the top of the list of not only he's the number one Swiss Army knife, but his, it, he, he makes defensive coordinators pull their hair out preparing because you've got to defend so much. Well, with and you've got an accurate quarterback who's smart. So you hold out as long as you can. I think it's huge. I, I'll put it this way. If the 49ers with Debo Samuel play their best and Detroit plays their best and Debo was healthy, threshold of pain was fine, that I think San Francisco could win this going away. If you remove, I was talking to a guy today, I said, listen, a buddy of mine who's big into sports betting and all and loves football, and we talk and talk, and he said, and I told him, I said, to me, this game, if you're a gambler, that Debo Samuel not being in there, I would take the Lions with the thing. If you're giving me seven points, I'm taking the Lions all day. But just the presence of Debo Samuel changes everything. So I think this is one of the biggest decisions or injury things in the postseason we will see last year, this year, at any time, because I hold him in that kind of regard. And I know coordinators are mad. It's maddening to try to defend it. So I think it's huge, guys. I, I do. Can they win without him? Sure. But it may, makes it a lot easier to execute it with him. And it uses up a lot of space psychologically when you're preparing as a defense and even an offense. What kind of points are we going to need? Yeah, the Debo Samuel effect is one of the five. Outside of the quarterback, there's not three people that would miss for a game that would change a game plan in the NFL more than this guy does who doesn't have the ball in his hand 70 times a game. That's well put. I mean, all the pre-snap motions and just the threat yep. of Debo, I think, is is enough to drive a defensive coordinator crazy. If you look at the other side of the ball, Detroit with a great two-headed monster in the backfield. You mentioned Amon Ra, St. Brown, the, the great receiver, and a good tight end. If you're Dan Campbell and you're approaching this Niner defense, offensively, what do you try to do? Do you try to pound the ball and keep the ball, or do you try to use your, your big play weapons to strike at the Niners? Uh, you know what? I, I, I love that the question because you, know, you see it all the time. When people talk about commitment to one thing we know, guys, one thing that Kyle Shanahan is not going to do, which a lot of teams do do, three, three and outs in a row, and you're getting stuffed in the run game. You think Kyle's going to quit on it with McCaffrey and that line? No, they're not. Where other teams will say, damn, it's one of those days Detroit's, what, top three, top four run deeps. Uh, I'm a, we're, gonna get, we're, we're just going to throw the damn the hell out of the ball and realize that today wasn't our day running it. That will not happen for the 49ers. Now, you may, the distribution may be different if, in fact, you're getting stuffed. But on the other side of the ball with their offense, and Dan Campbell and the approach with Jared Goff, I, I personally think that if you're them, why change now? Now, you're going to put in some different things, your base stuff, and you're going to move it around. And Dan Campbell's not afraid when you get down to the red zone to run a reverse pass and slip Laporta or a running back out of the backfield on a wheel route. You'll see that at some point this week in this game. They're going to pull a quick change turnover trick play that they expect to throw a touchdown or get a huge plan. I, I, I promise you that's coming. But I, I don't think that if I'm Detroit, regardless of the, the, how, what they're doing on their offense or what you're doing on defense, I think you're saying my weapons are good no matter what. We have to at least run the ball. And, you know, Gibbs has been a great add to them because of and they do have that two-headed monster. But he's got that perimeter speed, so they can get you inside and outside. I expect a lot of play action. And the 49ers, as good as their front seven can be, even when a team can run it, you, you do have to bring an extra guy down a lot of times, which makes middle of the field closed and you got outside lane. So I, I would expect them to, uh, and you don't have to win when they're taking to the run. Commit to the run doesn't first down. Commit to the run can mean on second and eight. Hand it off, run it, get it to third and three, and then we'll throw. I, I actually think that they believe that they can throw the ball and win. I don't think they want to abandon it at any time. But really, with 
St. Brown and Laporta off play action and Jared Goff, the way he's throwing it, uh, if they throw it average, no matter how well they run it, they, they're not going to win. And I think they know that. So while you make adjustments at this stage of the game, what happens to some playoff teams is they get too cute and overthink it. You know, you, you don't need to overthink it. Execute it. The whole key is going to be keeping Goff upright and allowing him to deliver the football. And if he can do that, he's going to make some plays. So I wouldn't think at any point in time either one of these teams is going to want to get caught in a one-dimensional game. But the, 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 the Lions, I would think, believe they can throw 40 times and win this football game. And, and they've, they've proven it. But I, I don't think you're going to see a major change of let's just attack this because we're, we're good at this. I think they're going to do what they execute well and get Gibbs in, in the pass game and their running gate backs and, and some outside stuff to run and challenge the perimeter and try to allow Goff to play to a clean pocket. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked that they came out and threw it five straight times to open the game either. I think that's how versatile they are. And I can tell you this, aside from Kyle Shanahan and all the motions, as good a play caller in the NFC and along with the Gandy Reed in the AFC, uh, their play caller is really good. I think one of these teams is waiting for him uh, until they lose to hire him as oh. head coach. I think he's that good. I, I think he's really, really good. And you're going to be challenged by him because he will take shots. He's not afraid. Sean Salisbury with us here, 95.7 The Game. I love that you're talking about the idea of changing what you do in the postseason because this is fundamental to a conversation that we had for a good portion of our show. Sean, there's, there's, there's plenty of people, and part of it is just fandom in the playoffs, but plenty of people who think that Kyle Shanahan gets too conservative in the postseason. My question to everybody today is, when does four trips in five years to the NFC title game become the answer to, I'm just going to do what I do. It's working better than you think it is. What, what is your perception of him come January and February as a play caller? My, my perception of him, now the formational, the, the way he goes about it will, and over, you know, he's had two trips to the Super Bowl, and you say, like you said, a handful of trips to this game. If he hasn't, you know, if Kyle hasn't learned what he has, you'd hope, I mean, he's a smart guy, continue to evolve as a head coach and a play caller, then he's never going to learn. But I, I believe he has, and we're going to find out. And, and I understand, and I, I don't like, and I'm not just talking about Kyle Shannon, any coordinator, and especially when you've been doing it, or when I say coordinator, a head coach that calls his plays, when you get to this point, the playoffs can make you go wacko, guys. As a quarterback, as another player, I, I've seen it sometimes as a quarterback, your first ones or your tenth one, you're like, if we get into, you start off slow and it feels like there's 15 dudes on the field. So you say, how do I get back to, to square one? Well, with Kyle, and make no mistake about it, guys, the questions, and it's fair, not to this point, but to this point beyond, in a huge game like this and in a huge game in two weeks, as we're looking, they, they, they're a Super Bowl team, Kyle still has that burden of carrying, are you going to win the Super Bowl, not just get there? And I get it. That's fair. It's fair to everybody. It's fair to quarterbacks. It's fair to Dak Prescott, it's fair to Josh Allen, it's fair to Kyle Shanahan. But I, I don't think he's going to – he'll choke on the, on the formations and being multiple. But what, is it, what it is, you lean on what you do best, what he's got to guard against. And I understand fandom. We all do it, sit there and throw Nerf balls, hopefully not real baseballs at your TV when you don't see it, is, is even if you – the patience to say, we're not going to all of a sudden eliminate McCaffrey from the run game if they're stuffing us. You can't because – you may get stuffed and stuffed, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the third quarter, that cat makes one jump cut, and it's 45 yards to the house, and the whole thing changes. And that, in my mind, a great play caller always has that hovering. Plus, you still want to keep everything available. So for me, conservative is what? People only call it conservative when it doesn't work, right, guys? Right. And they love it when, hmm. you're, when Baltimore rushes for 200 yards and throws it 22 times. Is that conservative? No, that's just doing what we do, and we did it better than the other team. Why the hell do I need to throw it 35 times? So that's what they do, and we've talked about this. If he can throw it 28 times and run it 38 or 34 times, they'll win, and that'll be exactly what he wants. So, yeah, we all have a tendency to lean on what our – if we drive the golf ball 320 and we we hit wedges into bunkers, we're going to grab the driver and keep driving it. That's what you lean on. So – the ability for him to stay out of his own head and do what he does uh, and not listen to social media or listen to a crowd that's frustrated. But you also, on the other side, got to get out of the ego, not just him, any of us, get out of the ego of, hey, 
my guys are better than yours. I'm going to shove this square peg into a round hole down your damn throat to the <laughs> point where now it's early in the fourth quarter and you're down two touchdowns, and now you do have to eliminate what you're doing to play catch-up because the clock's working against you. So, I'm the, And I know this sounds cliche and elementary. Adjustments in this game, during the game, I ain't talking about halftime. I'm talking about in between series are going to be paramount for both sides and in particular, if you're not running it very well or throwing it well, how do you create and manufacture your quarterback or your run game, your line to get back into that mode? Um, so you've got to be able to adjust on the fly and do it urgently without taking away with the base of your team. Because if the 49ers don't stick with what they do base, then they're playing. At, then it's like they're a bunch of rookies playing. This isn't what we, how we live. And I think it goes for both teams. And I'm telling you guys, and you know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, in an NFC champ from here on, we say the playoffs are a different energy. From here on, now we're into another layer of energy of zapping your energy with being overloaded. You've got to clear the clutter out of your mind and not let it rent space if you've had a three bad series. Who cares? You're going to get about 12 of them. So a conservative is only conservative when you don't adjust and you get your ass kicked. That's when it is. Baltimore was fairly conservative, but they ran 200-plus yards, so conservative as much as you want. And I think Kyle would love a similar result in the run game and the pass game and the attempts that he saw Baltimore do against Texas last week. Sean, great stuff. Or Houston, should I say. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we got you. Thank you so much for coming on, and, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Sorry to keep you guys so long. 49ers by a field goal plus one. How's that? And are they playing the Ravens? Um, uh, <laughs> you'd be an idiot to vote against Mahomes, and you'd be an idiot to vote against the best team in the AFC. So how's that for good insight? <laughs> on the fence. Yeah. Baltimore and San Francisco have been my teams the whole year. I wouldn't bet against Mahomes ever in January right. or February like I wouldn't have Brady. Give me Baltimore by a field goal. So if the oh, betting line the city, I'm going to say Baltimore's, it's Baltimore's here to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it sounds like a good weekend if it goes that way. Sean, thank you, man. You guys are the best. Have a good one. Good luck this Sean. weekend. Yeah, thank All you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There he is, Sean Salisbury, with us right here on Willard and Dibs, and he's calling for a cardiac Sunday. Two field goal games. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And as Oof. much as I'm comfortable with the 49ers in their spot, and I think that they're going to win. I'm very confident in that. I could see it being a close game, and I liked what he said about the Kansas City-Baltimore game because Baltimore should win. They're at home. They're more rested, and they're the number one seed, but never bet against Mahomes. Never, never. A lot of people started doing it last week, and it did not work. Uh, we're presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. We can keep going with your phone calls, 888-957-9570. I think we've got a thing or two to say about the Warriors and uh, Kaminga and everything that took place last night, getting them a win last night. And of course, they are only a couple hours away from performing again uh, tonight against the Kings right here on 95.7 The Game. This is Willard and Dibs. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at zenny.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. All right, my brother. While we were sitting there talking to uh, Sean Salisbury, and we can get back to that here in uh, in just a little bit, everything that was on the table there. But um, uh, kind of an interesting little thing that I just don't think we're ready for or used to was released, and that is that um, Steph Curry's not going to start the All-Star game. Wait, what? How's that grab you? What the ab- absolute heck is going on? Yeah. See if Grandy's awake in there. And he is. Yeah. He is. I honestly, should he start the All Star game? I could. You could make an argument that they got it right, and I know the popularity of the chef is certainly great. He hasn't had the best year of his career, and the team itself is a 12 seed. So I get it. it it's a little shocking when you see the the starting lineup come out, and the chef is not among the starting five. I will say this real quick, Mark, as we touch on basketball for a little bit. I do love, love the fact that they're going back to a traditional East versus West format. Thank God. Um, yeah, that thing felt fun for like two seconds, um, and then it just wasn't anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I, thought I, think, it was, I, I thought it was I, stupid from the get-go. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I get that they were trying to do something, and uh, and I fully understand, like, you know, all-star games, like, it's it's difficult. It's just not grabbing people's attention the same way anymore. But uh, by the same token, I, I don't know if it matters who's playing who if you're going to play like that. That's kind of the way I look at the NBA all-star game. So from that standpoint, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look more at who I want to see perform rather than any kind of like who's earned this that or or otherwise so for me am i biased of course should steph curry be starting of course he's steph curry lebron starting he doesn't deserve it if you just go by basketball uh, i don't know about that he's having another great year uh so. laker fans will tell you he hasn't even been their best player right laker fans. he hasn't no that's fine Lakers are better than the Warriors, so LeBron Barely. gets yeah. LeBron gets the start because he's LeBron James. He's the icon and maybe the greatest player of all time. And you know the Lakers. <laughs> that's just the way that goes. I mean, Steph Curry is like right there in that conversation. If that's the way you're going to go about it, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not saying he's right there in the conversation for greatest of all time, but you're talking about an all-time great. And if that's yeah. the way, if that's the way you're going to go about um, making your your decisions, when I'd have no problem if that's the case, then I don't know why does that apply to LeBron and and not Steph? Yeah, it just I'm sure the vote comes down and. You know, the vote came down for LeBron James, and I don't know if Steph was just on the outside looking in or what, but he's going to be an all-star. Steph's going to get added to the team, so ultimately, does he need to start? And I'm looking at the stories right now. Steph snubbed from the all-star game starters. Well, I don't know. When you're the 12 seed, I don't know if you can talk about being snubbed. I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting take. I've not really thought of the NBA All-Star game that way in the past where your seeding matters. Yeah, I think it does matter in terms of, you know, how good how good are you for a team that is actually doing well and you know, you look at the the Eastern Conference and is Donovan Mitchell a starter? Did he get the nod or did he not get the nod? Because their team is terrible, yeah, and he's having a great year, and so I don't know. Right, but he's but it's Donovan Mitchell. Like we're talking about Steph Curry, right? I, I mean, right. we do this in All Star games. So do you in, take out Gilgis Alexander, who's having a tremendous year for one of the best teams in basketball? So because Steph is Steph, now Gilgis Alexander doesn't get to start because he doesn't have the same reputation. That to Correct. me is more unfair than <laughs> taking. I mean, taking uh, the chef out. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, again, I don't look at these things, nor do I think we should, in terms of, of fairness. If you, if you want to talk about making the All-Star team, that to me is a little bit different in terms of starter. 
Um, and again, look, I know this comes down to a lot of different numbers. There is a metric here, and and uh, and he didn't win. Um, you know, not enough uh, not enough Warriors fans rocked the vote apparently. But uh, that's fifty percent uh, fan, and yeah. then it's twenty five percent player and twenty five percent media. So I would imagine that the fan vote. The chef was high enough in the fan vote to be a starter, so it's probably his peers and the media that uh, denied him his chance to start in the All Star game. Well, I, I, I mean, obviously, it's all it's all a baked cake, so it's all it's all part of it. Um, listen, you're never going to get me hot and bothered over uh, over the the results of uh, of uh, of an all star game um, or anything attached to it for that matter but by the same token I just sort of I don't know like I, that, that's it's it's jarring in a way that you just would not expect um, I do think there are certain players at certain levels where you get to a point where it is almost like it's it's a chair that that uh, that is kept warm by certain people until they get up and leave. LeBron is one, and so is Steph. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think that those things, not that you can really concoct it this way, but I do think those things kind of go hand in hand. If you're going to still have LeBron starting in that game, then, yeah, you would still want Steph starting in that game. Yeah, I, I don't see it that way. And, uh, you know, you, I look at players who deserve to get that chance and those accolades. And so if it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's having a better year than Steph, and his team's having a better year than Steph, he shouldn't have to wait his turn until Steph is really not playing well enough to where he then gets a chance to start in the All-Star game. You pick the guys who you think should start, and it's the media, and it's the fans, and it's the other players who vote. And if it comes down that they pick a guy who's more deserving over a guy who's got more of a career accolade, then I think they made the right choice. Um, look, Shea Gilgis-Alexander's been absolutely out- outstanding. So um, there's, uh, there, there's, no, there's no issue there. I do have this question, maybe just collectively in the room here. You guys can all help me because I don't know. How, how do they go about deciding who the captain of the starters is? Interesting. Do we know? Does anyone know that? I don't know. Uh, because, yeah, because LeBron is not just a starter. He's the captain of the uh, the West starter. And who's the captain of the East? Did you see that? I did not I'm, see that. It's Lillard, Halliburton, Tatum, Giannis, and Joel Embiid are your uh, your five Eastern starters. I would imagine it to be Embiid or, or Giannis, but I have no idea. I have the answer for you if you'd like. Yeah, what's the answer? So LeBron was the captain of the West, and Giannis the captain of the East. They are the captains because they received the most fan votes from, from their conference. Okay. Fan okay. vote leaders. So there you go. Yeah, and being a captain gets you probably not a thing, other than uh, maybe you get to go out there for the coin toss. <laughs> well, but no, like, I, I, I mean, it is interesting that, that – LeBron, I mean, we've talked about the television ratings being driven by LeBron and Steph, but but with a, a little bit of an edge to Steph through the years for a long time in this league. Um, for LeBron James in, uh, in year 20 now, uh, to still be getting voted captain and, and Steph's not even voted in as a starter, I, 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 I find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's the three components, and he obviously won the fan vote. Lucas said that he's the captain because he won the fan vote, and so the players and the, the media obviously thought enough of him to where he got enough of their votes, too, to where he commanded a spot in the starting lineup. And I know Steph was among the top in the fan vote, so I think that it comes down to his fellow players and maybe the media as well, and... I don't know if it's because the Warriors are having such a down year or you, or you felt like this is a year where you can take a shot at Steph Curry and you can kick the Warriors while they're down, but that's where the, the snub came from, not from the fans. I know. You, you do realize that the Warriors are one game behind the Lakers in the standings, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know that that's part of the argument, like what their record is. They're, they're one game behind the Lakers. Right, but if you're in the media... And if you're another player and you see the Warriors are not in 
the playoff spot. They're not in a play-in spot. This would be a chance. If you wanted to take a swipe at them, you could do it in this fashion. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I just find it, uh, I, yeah, I find the whole thing jarring. Like, they're, they're, it, it's like uh, if you grew up watching the MLB All-Star game. The American League shortstop was Cal Ripken until it wasn't going to be Cal Ripken, and he needed to retire for it to not be Cal Ripken. Um, and, and like there are just certain positions. West, oh, point guard, all star. That's Steph Curry. Uh, uh, until it's not. <laughs> so I find it jarring. Yeah. Um, and I and and I I also think you know if you this isn't the way it works. And I know that there's a lot of other voices involved in this. But uh, if if you really boil down to what this is all about and and the fan interest, uh, there's no doubt that they would rather see him play than than anybody else for that matter. And I would imagine he will be named as a reserve, and you're going to wind up with seven reserves and. You know, two guards, three front court, and two wild cards. So those reserves will be named on February 1st, so next Thursday. And you get to next Thursday, he'll be named as a reserve. And I think as we have this discussion about regular games, when you get into the finishing lineup, I would imagine Steph Curry is going to be in that finishing lineup. I, I would uh, I would hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Although, Just again. one more piece to this. The fan rank, and this is according to SportingNews.com, LeBron was one, the Joker was two, Kevin Durant was three among the Western Conference in fan voting. Interesting. Yeah, they didn't yeah, break it I out mean, any further than that. And In the East, it was Giannis one, Tatum two, Embiid three. No, I knew it was close. I, I, I knew it was close. I knew Shea was gaining on him. Steph did have the lead at point guard for a little while, um, but uh, couldn't hold him off. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app. Twitch and YouTube powered by First NorCal Credit Union. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.